What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of 305 Culture with JJ Rivera. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, Nuck If You Buck, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, Thunderous Applause, and the LA Hoops Report. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. With the start of the NBA season in full swing, we invite you to come and hashtag PropOp on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. For example, in the NBA, you choose 5 out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has thousands more guaranteed for the NBA this season. Use promo code JIMMY, that's J-I-M-M-Y, when you sign up today and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag PropUp today. What's up everyone? I'm your host JJ Rivera and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Joining me today is our friend of the show, Devin Sanskas. As all Hoopheads fans know, fan knows, Devin is the host of Nuck If You Buck, Milwaukee Bucks podcast. So without further ado, let's welcome Devin. Devin, what's up? Hey, JJ, how's it going? Thanks so much for having me on today. Um, you know, I've uh, had a lot of fun recording with you yesterday on Nuck If You Buck, and uh, since then, I had a little fun playing ice hockey for the first time up here in Wisconsin, which is maybe foreign to a lot of your listeners, and um, it was a good time, but I do have a lot of bumps and bruises to uh, show for it. <laughs> did, you, did your team win? Um, we kind of did a lot of, like, pickup stuff, I would say. Um, but in general, I would probably, I was certainly the worst player out there and had a hard time just staying on my skates. So in general, probably no. (laughs) I think you would probably do better than me because I've skated like thrice in my life. And I was in this ice skating rink. We had that closed due to the, after the hurricane, but yeah, that's, I've only like ice skated like thrice and I, I'm terrible at it. And I haven't skated since in about four years. I, I haven't I haven't skated. Anyway, we're not going to talk about ice skating here today. We're going to talk about some Miami Heat basketball. Yes, sir. Let's, re- let's review the Heat's week. The Miami Heat went one went one and two in the week, 
Let's start with the first game, which, much to my chagrin and much to Devin's pleasure, <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks had a historic night. 29 three-pointers. They were lights out. They had a record 12 players making at least one three-pointer. Devin, do you know who was who was the only player on the Milwaukee Bucks that actually played that didn't make a three-pointer? It was actually our very own MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who even didn't even quite... Um, I think he only had nine points in that game, honestly. Yeah, he didn't even play it all that well. We still lost by <laughs> seven. It, yeah. It was pretty discouraging. Chris Middleton, once again, he became... The spirit of Kevin Durant and Michael Jordan overtook him <laughs> when playing against us. I think in game five, against game four, excuse me, when in the playoff series that also happened I don't know what gets into him that he suddenly wants to be Kevin Durant I mean if he could do that more often you guys would probably be unbeatable but yeah and it's kind of like a funny meme that I've seen around like um, NBA Twitter I don't know how many uh, actual Bucks fans would want to like really dive into this but um, they're like the comparisons of like of like Chris Middleton with Giannis and it's like a photo of like say Nick Batum and then Chris Middleton without Giannis and it's like Kevin Durant. Yeah. And the same has been said with like versus the Celtics versus everybody else. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of funny how Aside from us, I mean it's pretty recent when he started killing us, but the Celtics he's he's the ultimate Celtic killer. Yeah. I remember that first round series he had again against the Celtics that was like a couple, uh, like two years ago, mm-hmm. and he made that ridiculous shot to send it to overtime. Yeah, I I remember where I was that day after Terry Rozier had made that that bomb, and then he just casually and there was like like one second or less than a second left, and he almost chucked it up from half court. Like he when when. I don't know who was the inbounder, but he received the ball pretty far away. Mm-hmm. It was almost like, it was ridiculous. Anyway, let's talk some heat. During the game, we all learned that, as we covered in the Nucky, in the Nucky Buck podcast, that Jimmy Butler was going to miss that game, and he ended up missing the second game of the back-to-back as well, and he came back later in the Dallas game. Mo Harkless got the start for Jimmy Butler, and, well... For Myers Leonard and Avery Bradley got the start for Jimmy Butler, I should say. No, wait, sorry. Avery Bradley didn't start the game. Confusing with the second game. Anyway, Mo Harkless got the start for Jimmy Butler and Myers Leonard saying the lineup. Anyway, Milwaukee got five quick points to start off the game. And Miami, as has been a pretty, pretty constant theme through the first six or so games. Back-to-back turnovers lead to Milwaukee's going up nine. Miami started off very sloppy with the ball. We're going to touch upon that later when when you see an interesting statistic that we lead the league on. Dragic came in early, and he, you know, it makes sense since Dragic has been probably our best player through the first six games, given that Jimmy Butler has been injured and Bam Adebayo has been a bit inconsistent, but... And as we all know, Tyler Hero has had well-documented issues handling the point guard position. So Dragic came in in an effort to stabilize the offense and get the game going. But 
It's like Eric Spolstra said after the game is what it was like Milwaukee had that game circled. Mm-hmm. Ever since the the schedule came out, so I guess the Bucks wanted to kill us, and props to them because they they got they got after us. Our first point came on an after the timeout play, in which Duncan Robinson got a three, but it all went downhill from there. Milwaukee went up nineteen to three. I wrote in my notes that the game might be over in the first, and it was <laughs> over in the first in the first half. The Bucks at one point made seven consecutive field goals, and they had a four-point play from Brooke Lopez. So, not ideal. Twenty-five to six for the Bucks, and in favor of the Bucks. And Hero gave us some life. Then Precious and Brad, Bradley and Olenek came in in order to, I don't know, get, get us going. But Miami had six turnovers already from in the first half, in the first quarter, I should say. The box had nine three-pointers in that first quarter. Devin, what do you say about that? Nine three-pointers in the first quarter. Um, I mean, it was just... It was one of the crazier Bucks games that I've, I've ever seen as far as, like, shooting luck goes. I mean, credit to the Bucks for knocking them down. And I think we spoke yesterday about... Wanting to see a little more effort and focus defending the three-point line from the Heat, but it was crazy. I believe um, all all of our starters, but Giannis. So that being Drew, Dante, Chris, and Brooks started off ten of ten in that game through most of the first quarter, and and a lot of those were threes too. And I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like we said earlier, every, everyone but but Giannis scored at least one three with many with many uh, guys even off our bench being able including to put up multiple own, threes, including his own brother. He made yeah. his first NBA three, the Nasrakumpo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and um, it was funny because so I had written in my notes that game that um, yeah, I think I believe the Bucks started the game twelve up 12 to 0 and at that point we had made every single field goal besides a Giannis air ball and then Thanasis came in early which was a huge talking point for for the specifically the Bucks podcast but I don't know if you care to talk about Thanasis <laughs> onto the Kumpo here but he came in hit his first ever three-pointer and then he he airballed one like right after yeah, but at least he made one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, at, at least he made one, and we want guys putting up threes at least. You know, I, I guess he should he should be starting instead of Giannis, since he. Uh, if you know, you know, if you're just looking at this game, maybe. Yeah, well, I I'm gonna say since it's gonna benefit me in the future, I'm gonna say stop the count. Thanasis starting instead of Giannis. I would really much like that. Thank you, Coach Bud. I'm not sure a questionable decision, so I wouldn't question this one. Yeah, maybe he'll have Thanasis closing a game instead of Giannis. Who really knows with him? Maybe he, he throws out the a broke Giannis Thanasis lineup and leaves out either Dante or 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 Chris Middleton. Because we all know that Bud loves loves to throw some crazy lineups out there. Yeah, he'd probably exclude Chris Middleton there. Just my guess, but who knows? I mean, let's let's get back to the game. 
The Bucks scored 46 points in the first quarter. Miami had 10 turnovers in the first quarter. And the game was pretty much over. Oh, and by the way, Drew Holiday shot 60% from three in that game. And he mm-hmm. came in into that game having made only one three throughout the season. And he already had three in the first quarter. So, good bounce back game for, for Mr. Holiday. Mm-hmm. I have I have no quarrel with Drew Holiday. He's a really he seems to be really cool, and he's one of the consummate professionals in the sport. I really wanted him here in Miami, but we didn't trade for him because we thought we had a chance at a certain guy. But we're not going to talk about that. No need. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the second quarter, and this is where pretty much my notes start to get start to get a little bit. I would say absurd, and yeah, I even stopped taking notes because it was it was depressing to watch. Kendrick Nunn came in, and Kendrick Nunn has fallen off hard after that really solid rookie season that he had. The Bucks basically started raining threes. We even saw Casey Okpala on the floor for for quite some time. I mean, I guess Bo saw, as I told you in the in the in the Lucky Buck recording, I guess Poe saw the writer in the wall and he's through he just threw the towel, which seems like very unspo like, but I, I guess it yeah. makes sense. Now, Bam Adebayo had a really had his jump mid range jump shot going at one point, but still the Bucks were up sixty three to forty two. Hell, even at some point after halftime, the TNT broadcast cut off the game and they started showing other games around the association with us just I started to laugh because I was like, well, I guess we don't deserve to be on national TV. But some Bucks fans were upset on the NBA tour. What do you have to say about that, Devin? Yeah, I'm I'm glad you asked because that was that was a huge talking point and I mean, you know, at first I didn't really think much of it because they had initially clicked over to a game that had like, it was like somewhat close with like maybe 10 seconds or less left. So, I mean, even for Bucks fans, I think it would have been beneficial to see that. I I like to encourage my fans to kind of explore basketball outside of Milwaukee. But then I think they kind of continued on afterwards. I don't remember what what game it was, but like for some reason I feel like the Washington Wizards might have been involved and I don't think it was like near the end of the game in that contest that they flipped to after the Celtics won. So Yeah, I, that was kind of where I was like, okay, can we work our way back to the Bucks game? But well, well I just started I just started clicking around to different streams. After halftime I went to the NBA app and looked for a close game in order to I don't know. Have some excitement in my life, and I went. I went and watched the Celtics Pacers game, and I think the Celtics ended up winning that one. And yeah, was, and it was a pretty fun matchup that one. Yeah, and I think it's natural and probably not exclusive to Milwaukee, but just um, like small market teams are just like naturally a little more defensive because they feel like they get like a shorter end of the stick sometimes, and. As someone who like lives in that small market and broadcasts to to like us here, um, I typically don't want to buy into that as much. I just you know want to win on whatever terms were presented, no matter what. But I think a lot of being defensive came from. I know you said you didn't want to talk about it, but Giannis resigning, and I know every like. 
um, we were talking in our group chat about like when it happened and I was super excited and someone asked me if I was nervous and I said, I mean, heck yeah, like I couldn't not be nervous. It was so huge. Him coming back is like a championship in itself for for us. Not saying that it's guaranteed, but it just well, the amount of excitement. <laughs> it puts you in contention at least for the next five years. Exactly. So that's where I even found myself as a as a Milwaukee sports fan being defensive is just because I didn't want to see our guy leave. But now that he's back, I really couldn't get too worked up about them switching over to a game that was already all but over. Now, that would have been really interesting if they did that and Giannis still hadn't signed the extension because the discourse around that would have been really interesting. Yeah. Given, given that, you know, small market fans and and front office executives and players already have this issue that they feel like they're playing in a unfair competitive field given that they're given that they're always in there's always a threat that their star players could all just bolt and say I want to go to a, a large market team which yeah is, which is what happened with New Orleans but I get I guess the New Orleans situation with Anthony Davis was I think it was more I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they might they might send a hitman over to my house. Can't for saying this, but it was maybe clutch at the work in in that regard. Would you say so? Yeah, I do. Um, this is something that um, was part of the discord around like uh, the Bogdan Bogdanovich situation that ended in embarrassing fashion, and of course consequences for the Milwaukee Bucks. And some Milwaukee fans were kind of uh I guess again defensive in this in this right because um I, I don't but I don't know at the same time it's kind of like we so like egregiously like tried to do free agency before free agency I mean everybody does that yeah it's in yeah it's I don't know it's it's a complicated thing but at the same time as far as clutch goes it does feel kind of weird that like LeBron can can like own an agency while being an active player. I mean, he essentially does own clutch. I mean, yeah. Say what you want that Rich Paul is the CEO, but LeBron's probably the the one whispering in his ear. Yeah, and um, but at the same time, it's LeBron, and you and I are big LeBron fans, so I'm not. Oh, I'm not too bent out of shape about it, but it does seem like. There could be a bit of collusion there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I basically stopped taking notes after the first half because I was depressed after watching that game. One tidbit, the Bucks had 13 three-pointers at the half. And they, well, when I stopped taking notes, they had 13 three-pointers. The record for three-pointers in a half, 17. I, I believe they got 15 in the first half. Am I correct? Um, so I think it was actually 16 and I'm only nitpicking because that was the, I think it was the Bucks record was 15 before and a half. And then they broke that with 16 and they had the same amount of makes and attempts as the Knicks did in the, in the, uh, 
and the embarrassing loss that the Bucks had to them in the previous game. So that just kind of speaks to kind of how ridiculous this game was. I guess this game was a perfect storm of anger for the Bucks. We they were it was the first time they were facing us after getting eliminated in embarrassing fashion, and they were also coming off an an absolutely discouraging loss to the New York Knicks after mm-hmm. which they got 130 points. So I guess they came to Miami really pissed, and since I guess most most clubs are closed, they didn't have any time to blow off steam, which worked against us because as we all know there's always the Miami hangover you can ask the Houston Rockets <laughs> after last season when they came in here and they got blown out there's there I, I really would like to see the the performances of road teams in cities that, which have a really high amount of clubs let's keep it at clubs because we all know <laughs> Anyway, the Bucks ended up winning. Devin, what can we say that has not been said about this game? Um, I would say I I was really gunning for us to be the first team to get to thirty threes in a game, but I guess we'll have to just settle with the NBA record uh, twenty nine in a game. It was of note as I was keeping track of this in the fourth quarter with uh, not much else to uh, to really look for in the end was um, before before the Bucks the records were held by naturally the Rockets. Um, I forget I forget exactly when I believe I think it was really it might have been April of uh, twenty eighteen. It was the Rockets if I remember correctly. And then before them, it was uh, last February. The randomly, the Minnesota Timberwolves had were in the third, are now in the third spot for threes. And then the next three teams down are different iterations of the Rockets. Yeah, well, the Rockets. When you look at when you look at those numbers, you it's incredible that the Rockets are basically they hold what three of the top five spots, right? Right. Yeah, and if you want to extend it, then too, it's four of the top six. So, they're and and that's just as far down as uh, on the list that I know of. So there there could be even more. But more importantly, I guess what I want to just touch on about this game is, um, of course, like there is probably um, something. You know, the Bucks clearly could be viewed that that they took the loss personally and they used it to fuel them in this game um of course coming off of that Knicks loss too and you know for for the Bucks if they if they weren't to come out and make a statement like this especially without uh Jimmy Butler I think it would have been um it would have been a little uh discouraging to Bucks fans and you know in a way I'm not hopefully it's not coming off that I'm trying to rub this this win in anyone's faces because no. well obviously what we'll get to is that well, if you the do, Bucks lost the next game and for do, the Heat to oh sorry I don't mean to no, bury it, the lead here you, it, uh, you don't you're not coming off as that but if you do then I, I have some ammo for that so <laughs> no but seriously it was well it was good for you guys honestly you beat yeah. fair, fair and square 
And let's move on to the next game. Heat versus Bucks, part two, the Miami Heat strike back. Well, Miami shot pretty well, and it's actually Miami has shot pretty well in almost all of their games except for the for the Dallas game, which we're gonna cover later on. But the turnovers, turnovers were still an issue. They have more than 20 turnovers once again. They lead. They have. They are currently 30th in the NBA and have the most turnovers per game at 19.8. That is. That is not good, folks. You're not going to win a lot of games giving, giving up 20 turnovers per game. And most of the turnovers, they're really, when you watch them, are really sloppy. They they either include by rate, bad rates by Tyler Hero, uh, Butterfingers by some other player, Bam making, in, the, in that first game against the Magic, when she had like seven turnovers, he makes some really bad passes sometimes. And I guess, listen, I don't expect them to... I don't expect Bam to have a little amount of turnovers considering his usage rate and how much of the plays are run through him. So naturally, he's going to lose the ball uh, quite a bit. But I would like to see the Heat tighten up, tighten up the, the possessions because, especially surprising, giving it this is a Eric, an Eric Spolstra coach team, and the Miami Heat are usually very disciplined. And seeing them commit so many turnovers is jarring. I guess that could also be attributed to Tyler Hero's struggle at the point guard position. But other than that, they—he's not the only culprit, and they have to be way better. Anyway, this game was really competitive up until the fourth quarter when Goran Dragic became a blessing, and he made three three-pointers. Actually, Goran Dragic—I looked it up. I thought he was shooting better. He's shooting 23% from from beyond the arc. Oh wow! And I guess and, and Tyler Hero is not also not shooting pretty well. The only one that's above forty percent is Duncan Robinson, and that number seems to be a bit skewed due to the excellent shooting night that he shooting day that he had against the Pelicans on Christmas Day. Seven three pointers that that day, and he was unstoppable. But other than that, he's been pretty. He's been pretty, ab- well, not average, but above average. But since we're used to seeing him last last season, especially, he was such a historically great shooter. I guess we're we're, we're expecting too much of him. But still, we I would like to see the Heat shoot that three-pointer bat, especially Hero and Dragic, who are big components of that. Tyler Hero grabbed 15 rebounds, which is his uh, new career high. His previous career high was 10 rebounds. Milwaukee. Wow cooled off significantly they shot 55% in the blowout in the blowout the previous night compared to 39% in the Miami Heat win hey hoopheads we all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury Arise is trying to change that with the iFast your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. 
Devin, what do you think were the differences for the Bucks shooting percentage plummeting that in that manner? Well, let's see. Um, I don't know. I I admittedly didn't watch this game quite as as closely as I was accompanied by others, but um, you know, as d- despite what what some may see if they don't watch a, a, a ton of Bucks or Giannis, is that um, although he he can get to the rim fairly well usually with his size and you know being being an MVP and you know normally if he gets close he can just slam it home sometimes he 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 does miss miss some easy bunnies and the same goes for Brook Lopez at times um, but yeah it's it's pretty wild because like you said turnovers were an issue in this game again but. Despite the Bucks putting up uh, 20 more field goal attempts, we had the same number of makes, which um, which led to the nearly 10% discrepancy in field goal percentage throughout this game. I believe you guys ended with 48, and like you said, we had shot 39% from the field. And it was really that fourth quarter, as you had mentioned, where we really lost it. Um, I believe we had there was a 22 to four run from yeah. the. Uh, from the uh, beginning of the fourth quarter to about the middle from where I noticed this, which was um, kind of eerily reminiscent of, of uh, it might have been game three of our uh, postseason series in the semifinals, where, because I remember we had, um, the Bucks were on the, on the losing end of a terrible run, uh, in the playoffs, and that was the worst game because it was essentially like a must-win game for the Bucks, and we had just laid an egg, and it happened again here, although it was in much lower stakes. Yeah, I think it was the third game. That was the game, which the the second game was the one that had the crazy ending with the refs ruining the game for everybody. Yeah, and the the third game was the one where the Bucks. I thought they were gonna win due to them having the game in control at one point. But then it all it all unraveled, and the Heat ended up winning. Yeah, that might have even been uh, the game where Giannis was was like sitting for a lot of the time when when they went on that huge run. Which, yeah, lo and behold, if you don't keep your MVP in the game in a fourth quarter of a of a must win game, uh, your chances are much lower. So. Well, you guys ended up winning the next game because, as I said, Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton. Decided, decided to be Kevin Durant. Yeah, if if only if only he he were Kevin Durant every night, then uh, we'd have we uh, we maybe would have won that series. But oh, oh. might as well would have won the championship. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, some positives from that first game and this second game. Tyler Hero played well in both games. And he's the winner of our Miami Heat Player of the Week award, which we're gonna I'm gonna go more in depth after the, the breakdown of the Mavs game. He, I think, it was really important that he start off start off the game much more assertive in the point guard spot, given that in the previous four games. Or so he was 
he was pretty he didn't know what to do with the ball sometimes he made the wrong reads sometimes he was thinking too much out there but when 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 they moved to the shooting guard when or the off ball guard he was he was pretty good so I guess he's he's growing he should start growing to that point guard position and learning to play point guard in the NBA is pretty hard he's still young as I said I believe in the first episode of the season we should have patience patience with him because learning to play the point guard spot in the NBA as a 20 year old is pretty tough so I think we he this was this was an encouraging sign the assist numbers are not where we would like them to be and the turnovers are pretty are still need to be cleaned up but other than that he has looked at least the eye he passed the eye test the contributions need to be a bit better but he has to he has improved definitely I think the big key for them for the heat this during this W was Avery Bradley starting the game and getting increased minutes he was outstanding in this game he bothered Middleton a lot Middleton ended up shooting he ended up having after being so good in that first game he was he wasn't that good in the second game and I guess that's would you say that's an issue with Chris Middleton oftentimes as you that you watch the Milwaukee Bucks that often since you you know you've covered the Bucks and are a Bucks fan yeah um I don't know with with Chris Middleton it's tough because he's pretty much the prototypical like no no yes yes kind of guy and saying that like he's almost famous for chucking up some some bad shots that you wouldn't normally want people to take, but he normally knocks them down at, at a decent clip. But, um, and I do often, uh, think that, that we should use him more as, as a ball handler, maybe in a pick and roll. And he at times shows to be one of our better, if not, um, our best passers, but Avery Bradley surely, uh, gave him and Drew holiday a ton of issues, uh, in this game. And, um, yeah, I think you do have a really good good point that there was a that there's a reason that there's a strong correlation between Bradley's increased minutes and uh, and an improved performance from the Miami Heat. I'm gonna read off the stats for Middleton in the previous game, the blowout. He had 25 points, shot four from five from three, and he shot 10 from 13 from the floor which is outstanding or outstanding shooting numbers. That's 80% from three and 77% from the floor. How about that? <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was just a, wi- a wild game all around. and it's. However, However he followed that, he followed up, that up with eight, eight points, points, 0 for 4 from, from the three-point line, 3 for 15 from the floor. So yeah. that's, that's 20% and 0%. And he only had two free throw attempts. So I guess, so I guess the Avery, Bra- Avery, Bradley, Avery Bradley started off as his primary defender, and he was hounding him, at least throughout the first quarter. And the Bucks looked for the switch, but then he usually, Bradley ended up usually switched on to Drew Holiday, who also had a really good game against the Heat. And he bothered him a lot. So I, I think that Bradley should start going forward. I think it was a mistake to not, not to start him in that Mavs game. But I guess... Mm-hmm. In Spo we trust, but I would like to see Avery Bradley starting going forward and keep more Harkless on the bench. Coming off the bench and 
and running with that second unit because that second unit has been pretty good to start the season. I would say it must be one of the best ones in the league, given that Goran Dragic is having such a ma such a great season as a six man. He should be leading the, in my opinion, the six man of the year awards race. I know it's it's still. It's still like very it's a fairly young season it's only been what uh, six games and we don't mm-hmm. play until Monday which is tomorrow as of this recording so I guess it would be a bit premature to say that but yeah I'm gonna throw his name out there any thoughts Devin before we move on I move on to the Heat versus Mavs game um well I guess quickly, just to close on Middleton, the the numbers that you brought up there kind of lead to the, um, you know, those those memes that we had talked before about comparing him to Kevin Durant one night, but then Nick Batum at another. I mean, both both sides are extremely hyperbolic, but but there is some point to it, and we would we would like to see Middleton be a little more consistent, but I think he has generally over generally over the past few years. Um, improved in that matter, and I guess anyone will have bad games. Um, but yeah, may- maybe if maybe if he um, maybe if he kind of strayed away from some of the mid-range turnarounds and pump fakes, the no, no, yes, yes kind of shots, and try to get to the paint more and use his size, that would maybe help him get into a better rhythm when he's struggling like that. But I mean, that's pretty much all there is to say on. Middleton in this one, and then uh, with a couple of Heat guys that I feel like are pretty notable that we have touched on, but um, I just do find it interesting with uh, Tyler Harrow, and um, you know because obviously the turnovers you're saying is is a huge uh, issue, and even even with the eye test and me not being necessarily the most um, I don't know X's and O's are kind of aren't necessarily my my forte in basketball coverage but even then I can tell that Harrow isn't as comfortable as a lot of um, other guards with the ball in his hands um, yeah. although he's he's still able to fill it up and get get to his spots remarkably well for someone his age but worry, I'm, I'm known to Kaius Duncan either there. so yeah Anyway, yeah, but um, I had a chance to look up when you were talking, and my suspicions were confirmed. You have the second highest scoring bench in the league, right after the Minnesota Timberwolves bench. That's pretty interesting. Oh wow! And, yeah, and my, and they also lead the league in bench assists. So the that he bench has been really strong, mostly led by Goran Dragic's stellar play. But if you have a strong bench, then we can go far. I just, I really would like for them. I'm, I'm imploring them to cut down, cut down on the turnovers. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's move on to the third game of the week, which was another blowout. Blowout. The Heat ended up losing by ten, but make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, this was a blowout all the way through. Was the the final score doesn't indicate how thoroughly the Heat were outplayed. First off, Andre Godala started on guarding guarding Luka Doncic. Jimmy returns funny. I just saw my notes and I accidentally wrote Kimmy. There's a there's a name for if anybody of our listeners is having a baby, well you can name your baby Kimmy. 
<laughs> Bam. Bam. Stays have, doing an excellent job when guarding Primer Primer players. He did a really good job when switch onto Luca. And I really like uh, specifically a play in which in the first quarter. This, I'm talking about the first quarter here, in which Duncan faked the screen and Bam's defender bet on the screen, and that led for a wide open layup for Bam. It was basically an action at the top of the key that they run sometimes, since defenders try to sell out, stopping Duncan Robinson from three. Then. Basically, what they do is they spam that pick. I, I remember seeing a, I, I remember seeing I think that play in the playoffs where it was basically that he were spamming the the pick. They they had Duncan running left and right, left and right until the defender bit on the on the pick and Duncan had a wide open three. Luca, despite his shooting struggles in that game, and well later on he shot pretty well. He hurt, hurt Miami with his passing. He found cutters and shooters, which is what makes him such a great player. He's a great playmaker. People oftentimes tend to concentrate too much on his scoring, but he's he was third in the league in assists last season. So he's one of the league's best playmakers so far. Tyler Hero carried the load offensively in that first quarter. He went three for three from three three for three from the floor. I'm sorry. And Bam and him were the only players who have scored, and that first quarter at, at some point and they improved in that quarter in the turnover issue they shot they had only two turnovers in that quarter by that point in which I'm reading but still they had they another issue arise they had seven fouls in that quarter and the offense was putrid they shot 26% from the field and they still trailed by eight. So in this game, the turnovers weren't an issue really, but the shooting was an issue, something that we have done pretty well all season long. But Miami's defense in that quarter specifically was pretty steady. They held the, the Mavs only to 20 points. The Mavs also didn't shoot particularly well in that quarter, and both teams were struggling a lot shooting the three. Now, in the now, second quarter the second was quarter when was things started to go a bit ugly. Miami, at one point, was 0 for 14 from 3 before they made their first 3-point, which was, came courtesy of Duncan Robinson. Miami, to end the half, that was what... At the end of the half was when things went out, went out of control. We only scored 31 points in the first half, and we went without a field goal for like for the last six minutes of the quarter. And the only score we had was due to a technical foul called on Luka Doncic after he was he was right he was fouled, but well he started bitching and the ref didn't like that. And he also kicked the video the video board, which not a good look for our man Luca there. And Kelly O made the free throw, and that was our only score for the last six minutes. Jimmy, I'm going to say this, Jimmy didn't look 100% at all. He sucked in this game. And he's currently averaging eight points per game this season. I know he has only played three games. And, he, well, he played three and a half games. Two and a half games, I should say, because he didn't play in the, in the second half of the Christmas Day win. But still, Duncan made Miami's first three, but he he and the rest of the shooters disappeared. And their, their scoring came mostly from isolation, which was very unlike Miami Heat basketball. We all, I think it was one of the guys from the 
from the, our, our fellow Hoop Heads oh, podcast network, pod, NBA X and O's breakdown. They really, in that Christmas Day win, they were they talked about how beautiful the Miami Heat played basketball. The Athletics Dave DeFore, who I follow on Twitter, he said that the that the he played a very reminiscent style of the the San Antonio Spurs of 2014, which I find extremely ironic, given that that was yeah. a team that hammered us in the finals by a historic margin. I I disliked that team, but I didn't dislike the way they played basketball. That was in my in my basketball watching life. I think that's the team that I have watched and plays the most beautiful basketball I have ever seen. Would you would you say so, Devin? Yeah, definitely. I feel like, I mean, they kind of receive the moniker of, like, um, like soccer is often referred to as, like, the beautiful game, but that kind of is used often to describe the kind of uh, style of play that the Spurs showed uh, during that time. And, I mean, I think I think it was fitting. Um, they, they essentially solved basketball, basketball that season. That season. Mm-hmm. They were outstanding. Still, this was not the case for Miami in the Dallas game. They shot fourth three from 23, 4-3 overall. Their turnovers were not as huge of a problem as they were against the Bucks. They still had 14 of them, which is not ideal. But Miami shot 37% from the floor, and they ended up losing 103-93. That final score will never indicate how bad that he played. They look like they were hung over. Looks like they partied too hard in the for the New Year's Eve. So it was it was not a good way to start off 2021. A look at the week ahead. We have the Oklahoma City Thunder on Monday visiting us, which will feature our vice versa debut. David, what are your thoughts on the vice versa jerseys? Oh, um, I, actually, I actually like them a lot. Um, I mean, these are quite easily like some of if not the best jerseys in basketball any sort of uh any sort of way they uh well, well they they play on Miami Vice yeah. um and uh yeah i've heard i've heard people often say say that maybe the heat should should just go to this uh full time i don't know how you would feel about that but well, i wouldn't have any qualms with that of course the classic look is still pretty cool i mean i really like the classic like uniforms Especially mm-hmm. that the red one. They should use it more often. I really like that red red uniform. Yeah, is that what they wore on Christmas? Mm, I don't remember. I think they did. But they usually wear the white jersey. Also, my favorite Heat jersey ever, aside from the Vice jerseys, which are clearly number one, but are the white hot jerseys on the back and black. Those jerseys were absolutely fire. That was when LeBron was here. and That was part of the Big Three era. Maybe I hold Maybe very I fond memories of those jerseys because of the the teams associated with it, with them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on Wednesday we come back and we play the Celtics, which will be which will be an Eastern Conference Finals rematch. The game will be in Miami, also. And then on Saturday we face Bradley Beal and the one and five Washington Wizards, which is basically the Bradley Beal seduction game. <laughs> We're gonna try and we're gonna we're gonna put our tampering hats over there and try and get Bradley Beal to come over to Miami. All jokes aside, let's award the Heat Player of the Week award. We already spoiled it for you, Tyler Hero, Heat Player of the Week. It was mostly between him and Bam, 
Gore was disqualified because he only played one quarter in that blowout to the Bucks. Let's read Tyler Hero's averages for the week. Bear with me. I know the rebound, the rebounds per game number will be a bit skewed because he had 15 rebounds in that second game against the Bucks. And we all know Tyler Hero is not a great rebounder, but still, let's read it. 18.3 points per game, 7 rebounds per game, and 4.3 assists per game. Hero played pretty well in both games against the Bucks. And he was he was alright against the Mavs, I guess. But he wasn't that good. Devin, final mm-hmm. thoughts before we wrap this up. Um, I guess I would just like to touch on Tyler Harrow. I hope I'm not, you know, being too redundant with it, but um No no no, please. You know, um obviously I had I had raised concerns about how um Maybe his comfort with the ball in his hands and maybe trying to do too much at times. Maybe that's more so of, of how it should be uh, posed because, I mean, we both know that Tyler has that impeccable confidence for someone um, with his age, which is something that you can't, that you can hardly teach. So that's really encouraging and that leads to some of the scoring outputs that we see from him. Uh, again, as a, as a young guy and... Um, yeah, I mean, although him having the ball in his hands more and trying to go past his comfort zone may lead to some some turnovers, I think the point that, that you've raised, and I think you even cited an article before about, um, you know, some of these growing growing pains will definitely be worth it for him in the future because uh, that'll, that'll just make your guy's offense even more even more versatile if, if you can really trust if you can just trust Tyler even more with the ball in his hands going forward. And that's, I mean, ultimately what, what made you guys so, so deadly even in the playoffs and, but um, clearly kind of broke mine and other Bucks fans minds going in, going into the series um, mm-hmm. is that you guys just had a, a ton more options to throw out there and him being able to diversify his game with uh, keeping the ball in his hands will lead to a brighter future for you guys. So, yeah, I certainly hope Yeah, shout out Tyler Hero, Milwaukee native. Yeah, I certainly hope that the point guard experiment, the Tyler Hero point guard experiment experiment works out because it will unlock our offense and it will unlock his game and make him a much better player. And if we end up keeping him regardless of any trade chatter. Him and Bam, that's a really formidable duo for the future. And it makes it even more impressive that they were both drafted and developed here. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge win for the Heat franchise. As I have said many times before, the Heat probably have the best development staff and scouting department in the entire league. Maybe the Raptors have something to say about that. The Raptors are currently unraveling. Let's talk about some of the Eastern Conference big picture. What's going on here? The Pacers are currently the first seed. But who would you say is the best Eastern Conference team right now? Who has looked the best? Um, so, excluding the Bucks, because I always have to say them while clearly being biased, I'd say the biggest team that's jumped out to me um, so far, um, I would personally just say the Brooklyn Nets out of teams that I've, other Eastern Conference teams that I've watched. Certainly looking at the standings right now, the Sixers are 5-1, and one, which is definitely a cause for concern for uh, Eastern Conference contenders like um, us in the Heat, but 
With the Brooklyn Nets, I did a ranking of of the Eastern Conference on my podcast before, and I had to put them at two. Maybe it was a little reactionary, but at the same time, I felt justified because uh, the main question going into the year was how Kevin Durant would look if um, you know um, if he would look like the same Kevin Durant that we saw before, and we don't we didn't need a ton of tape in a real NBA game that we had been waiting for to tell that Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant. And say that again. Yeah. So I would say they're the team to watch for me based off of teams that I've watched. That's whom I'd recommend people to watch, but perhaps the team that I should watch more is the Sixers considering where they stand right now. Yeah. My pick was going to be the Sixers. They have stood mm-hmm. out. Tobias Harris, Daniel Lubowski of of Fanside, he put out a great piece today. You check it out. Detailing how Tobias Harris has been really effective for the Sixers this season, and I, I really thought that Tobias Harris was going to be really good this season because Doc Rivers, as, uh, I don't know if you remember. When Tobias was with the Clippers, his best seasons by far were over there with the Clippers. And his coach was Doc Rivers. And with Doc returning to coach him, but this time in Philly, he I, I predicted that he would he would bounce back. Because I feel like Doc is the coach that knows how to utilize him properly. Brett Brown thrust him into that primary, primary, primary creator role. And he didn't exactly succeed at that. I would say the Sixers have looked the best. Their defense is outstanding. Their offense has looked much better compared to last season. The addition of Seth Curry in particular, because Danny Green has been putrid shooting the ball. He's shooting 22% from three. And, and so far, it looks like the, that that Schroeder trade from for the Lakers has been highway robbery. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have to agree about that trade. I was just thinking about that. Um today as well i forget why exactly oh probably just because i was thinking of thinking of danny green in the context of the spurs with with um or i just said the spurs the sixers and and how 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 well they've proved to be and uh yeah you mentioned tobias harris and 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 seth curry both of them uh put up over 20 points uh last night i believe it was in their victory against the hornets and i mean if if those guys are are putting up points, then then that just allows uh, Embiid and Simmons to be the defensive player of the year candidates that they are on the defensive end. So oh God, oh Ben Simmons, ben he should be absolutely he should absolutely be, absolute, he should absolutely be in the defensive player of the year conversation. Hundred percent. Yeah. Everybody, check out his guard. He, his matchup stats. He has been outstanding guarding the other team's best perimeter creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say he's certainly one of the. Um, Easily one of the most versatile defenders in the league. To have the luxury um, of, of deploying two of the best defenders, one probably the best paint defender in the league, or probably one of the three best paint defenders in the league in Joel Embiid, and one and probably the best perimeter defender in the league in Ben Simmons. That's a luxury that probably no other team has. Yeah, so I I, I agree with you that that they're going to be a problem for. Um, for for guys for guys like us to keep our eyes on in the oh, future yeah. I, when considering our chances. I am pretty worried. <laughs> because yeah, I think. I think listen, listen, 
I always talk about traits and stuff, but I truly believe that the Heat, not necessarily for Harden or any other star, but I absolutely think they have a trait in them. Because they, I, I don't believe this is the final version of this roster. They are absolutely, they will absolutely make a trade by the deadline. Yeah, I think that's definitely more than possible considering the the amount of young talent that you guys have and the depth too. So, it, so it would make sense to be able to to give up more pieces if you can, uh, you know, turn a turn four quarters into a dollar. Yeah. Well, Devin. Devin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Been an absolute Can you please tell our listeners where to find you? Aside from the Nuck of You Buck podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can find um, Nuck of You Buck obviously on Apple Podcasts, similar to where you would anywhere else where you would find the 305 Culture Podcast. You can also find me on social media at uh, Nuck of You Buck NBA. There the U is just the letter U. Everything else is... Uh, uh, spelled how it sounds. Uh, you can also email me, I suppose, at uh, knuckafewbuckthepod at gmail.com. You is Y-O-U uh, there, but I would check. I would go to social media first to connect with me, and I also do have some writing on sportsbusinessclassroom.com. Uh, I believe my most recent published piece was, um, was on the... Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Pat Connaughton uh, signings or lack thereof, I suppose. But yeah, you can find my work there and I'll be putting out more work uh, to hopefully be published soon. But thanks so much for having me, JJ. It's it's uh, really an enormous pleasure to be on here with you again. Yeah, thank you for yeah, coming, man. For I much. always love to talk, with, to talk basketball with you. So anyway, thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe to our feed, whatever you get your podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and a, and a short review on Apple Podcasts. Podcasts, I should say. You, should, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week. Bye-bye. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.